It's going to be an awesome time. I want you to take your Bible. I want you to stand to your feet. We honor the reading of God's Word. Uh, are you still in Matthew? Stay in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And look with me at verse 9. Matthew chapter 6 in verse 9. We're going to read a fascinating passage of Scripture, one you may know by heart. It says this, in this manner, therefore, pray our Father in heaven. You, you guys know this, huh? Let's, why don't we read the Lord's Prayer together? Uh, here we go right now. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I know now we all got different translations. Uh, sorry if that was confusing for you. I'm in the New King James. Well, look at verse 14. Let's continue. If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. If you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with sad countenance, for they disfigure their face that they may appear to men to be fasting. You guys paying attention to this? You see somebody come into church like this, just, I don't even want to try. <laughs> uh, don't do that. You know, don't sad. Okay, we're fasting. We're fasting. You're fasting. I know it. Smile. Right? Smear oil on your face. That's what he says, right? Assuredly, I say they have their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, so you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Wow. Well, let's pray. Let's ask the Lord's hand over this as we, uh, as we open his word together. Lord, I, I thank you for your word. I, I thank you that it is light and it is life and it is it is correction and instruction and God there's so much blessing in this and I just ask you Lord speak to our hearts change our lives in the mighty powerful name of Jesus I pray amen amen you may be seated oh my goodness I uh I wanted to continue our thoughts from last week if you didn't hear the sermon last week, get on, get on YouTube, go on our Facebook page, watch what I shared last week about fasting. God has shown me some things that absolutely has, has, has challenged the way that I even approach fasting in many ways. But, but today, I, I wanted to cover some things that I didn't have the time to last week. I, I spent so much time, I talked about how we uh, reorient through our fasting, how we really check our priorities, and how so much of what we do in this time, uh, understand it's not even about necessarily dealing with sin. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that today. That is part of it. But so much of what we do in fasting, you understand you don't abstain from food because food is sin. We abstain from food in order to make sure that, first of all, food doesn't become an idol. We check where our faith is resting. Am I, am I trusting wholly in the Lord or do I, do I, I trust in my ability to 
cook for myself and provide for myself and take care of myself? Where is our, what is our reliance and our faith in? Uh, we talked also about how we want to be sure that good things, gifts in our life, do not become gods in our life. And this is part of the reason that we will choose to abstain from certain things. We, we shared about how Jesus identified a number of individuals who would actually miss heaven. And his reasons were, well, I just bought a piece of property and we're developing the land and so I can't, I, I can't come right now, Jesus. And another guy, well, I just bought some farming equipment, uh, oxen in that day. I bought some oxen and I got to go, I got to work day, Jesus, and so I can't come to the wedding feast. And there was a, a third guy who said, uh, well, I, I just got married. My wife and I were about to go on a honeymoon. And you understand, like having land and developing a home, being able to work and, you know, buy equipment for work, getting married, enjoying a spouse and going on a honeymoon. None of those things are wrong. In fact, all of those things are gifts. All of those things are good. But the Lord said it is because of their, their affection for these, their love for these, they have missed heaven. Guys, that's heavy. And this is part of why I challenge you. What are the passions in your life? What are the things that you love? I love watching movies. I, I love social media. I, I love uh, whatever, playing sports. I you know, you just fill in the blank what you are personally passionate about. I would encourage you, prayerfully consider if the Lord would have you lay some of those things down for a season. Not because they're wrong. Not because it's sin. But to simply say, Lord, are you the highest priority in my life? Are you a, a greater love? Is my love for you greater than my love for this passion? You understand what I'm saying? So we're going to reorient over this time. We, we talked also about how uh, we need to contend for the return of Jesus. There's a mourning aspect that comes with fasting. And I, I'm not going to unpack all of that, but, but you can go. You can hear what I shared last week on it. It's a very fascinating idea. Maybe you've never had mourning over the fact that Jesus is not with us today. But we ought to. It's exactly, it's one of the reasons Jesus encouraged us, encouraged us to fast. And then we talked about contending for new wine. How many of you know, and how many of you are excited for the fact that God has some new things for you in 2021? Uh, he's got new things for us really every day, but I'm excited as we come into this new season, into this new year, God... I'm ready for some new. I'm ready for a, I'm ready for new vision. I'm ready for a, a, a fresh anointing. I'm ready to see what you're going to do over the course of this next year. And that's part of the reason that we fast. But today, this is exciting. I want to talk about the reward of fasting. The reward of fasting. Everybody say reward. You know there's rewards that come with fasting. Did you know that? This is, uh, you know, there's, there's a number of health benefits that come with fasting. You ought to get excited. If you're fasting, this should be something you keep in mind. Did you know that weight loss, how many are excited to, to drop some weight in this new year? Hallelujah. Uh, I know we've all got quarantine 
weight that we've, uh, I was trying to think of a clever rhyme, I can't, but uh, we've all got weight that we've packed on, uh, and uh, hallelujah, this shirt used to be real loose a couple months ago, and it will be in about two, three weeks now, hallelujah, and so there's a weight loss that comes, in fact, did you know that as you fast, your metabolism is actually reset, there's a resetting, and so uh, your metabolism, it may not be pumping on all cylinders because it's been so overworked during this time, well, you fast for a while, you give it a break, all of a sudden it's like getting an oil change for your metabolism and all of a sudden uh, it's pumping on all gears, hallelujah, and uh, even after you start eating, then your body may function in processing your food better. Isn't that wonderful? We're, there's, a, there's a cleansing of toxins within the body. We talked last week about how, how you're going to get zits, and that's okay. Your breath is going to smell. Hallelujah. That's part of it. But uh, after your body is cleansed, you know, you get about a week into a fast, your breath actually will it'll be like baby's breath. You ever smell baby's breath? It's, it's nice, you know. It's not like smelling my breath. I'm just telling you. And so I tell you, when you hit the halitosis phase of your fast, which will be like tomorrow, I'm just telling you. You come on Tuesday night, you come on Tuesday night, you will have halitosis if you're doing a liquids fast. What you need to do, put on that mask that you got, wear it around, not because of COVID, you wear that thing to protect other people from your halitosis. That's why you wear that, okay? Are you with me so far? Just giving you some tips on, on things. But, but what happens is your body is cleansing. Your body is, is, is purifying. Uh, uh, I found, now this was interesting. Eugene actually told me this. And I, I, I had heard somebody else mention this once, but I actually had to study it for myself. He said that there's actually been accounts of people who had gray hair or white hair. That as they begin to fast, the color came back in their hair. Wow, that sounds interesting. So I searched it, and you know, there were about a dozen different articles that I found on the topic. This is a proven concept. In fact, uh, I didn't write down, there's a, there's a spe- specific hormone that's get reactivated as you begin to fast, and it can spur on not only the, the color in your hair, but it can even regrow baldness. Hallelujah. And so I'm, I'm looking every day in the mirror and I notice this back here is starting to thin a little bit. And, uh, but I'm believing Amen. power of fasting, it's going to be reversed. Hallelujah. And so uh, uh, be expecting that. Hallelujah. And all my bald brothers said. <laughs> you had to think about that, didn't you? Okay. So uh, your blood sugar levels will stabilize. Uh, people have actually seen reversal in diabetes in those effects. Blood pressure is improved. Cholesterol is reduced. All through fasting, it's been proven a boost in brain function and even a decline in neurodegenerative disorders like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Fasting. And then we, there's also the, I mean, incredible, uh, Bob Rogers, he does a lot about fasting and prayer. He actually has a book and he talks about uh, even, even how bodies have eradicated cancer. People who are terminally ill with cancer go on 21 day total fast and end up cleansing their body of cancer. Isn't that amazing? So there's a lot of benefits, but now I, I want you to hear me. These are physical, physical benefits of fasting. And I will be happy when you come in at the end of 21 days and you're looking thin and you've got energy 
and your hair is thicker and darker. I will rejoice in you for all of those things, those physical benefits. But I want to point out to you, when Moses fasted, when Elijah fasted, when Jesus fasted, when Daniel fasted, you'll notice that nobody talks about how much weight Elijah lost over the course of his fast. Nobody talks about how much clearer Moses' complexion was at the end of his fast. Actually, that's not true. Think about it. He came off of the mountain glowing, didn't he? Now, I don't think that's because uh, uh, his body got cleansed of toxins. No, he'd been in the glory of God by that point for uh, nearly 80 days. And so uh, uh, you'd probably come off of the mountain glowing too if you'd been in God's presence like that. But, but you'll notice that what, what these guys were focused on was not what was happening in their physical body, but what was being produced in the spirit. What was the spiritual breakthrough that came with fasting? What was the power that was released? What was the answer to prayer? What were the spiritual encounters with the Spirit of God, with with angels, even with demons at times, surrounding those times of prayer and fasting? So listen, as we go into this time of prayer and fasting, it begins tonight at sundown. So you enjoy lunch today and you pray about what you're, you you make sure you get a, a, a goal Set up some accountability. What you're going to do. Don't just weigh yourself on the scale to see how much progress you're making in your physical body. I would encourage you, keep a journal over this time. And even keep track of what your spiritual scale is speaking, so to speak. What is, what is God doing in your life during this time? What is God speaking to you? What prayers are you seeing answered? What are, what are challenges? Uh, what, what are fleshly tendencies that are coming to the surface that God is exposing and you need to address? Keep track of those things. You guys, I, I know we're going to see some physical benefits, but I, by the grace of God, we're going to see some spiritual benefits coming throughout this fast. Amen? And so in Matthew 6, there's a section where he talks about charitable deeds. He talks about prayer. He talks, we just read, about fasting. And then he goes in, it was my offering message, where he talks about giving. All of these topics, and and all of them begin with when you do these things. But you'll notice that every single one of them also says something like this, that when you're doing a good deed, don't let your right hand know what your left is doing, and that it may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Everybody say, reward you. He said about prayer, when you pray, verse 6, go into your room, shut the door, pray to your father who is in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And he says the same thing with fasting in verse 18. Your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So every one of them he talks about how we need to be mindful. Listen, if I see you guys posting stuff, you know, day three of my fast, and you're posting the picture of you with your fuzzy tongue and, you know, dark eyes and all this, uh, you know what? I will like your thing, and there's your reward. He says, if you, if you blast a trumpet, I'm getting ready to do a good deed for somebody. 
He says, you sound the trumpet, then guess what? People will see what you have done, and they're going to, good job, and you've received your reward. Uh, There's this picture in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 where it talks about judgment day and how all of our works are going to be tested by fire. There's going to be this purifying process, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, and there's going to be this moment where all of the things that we did in our life. Now, this isn't, I'm not talking about like heaven and hell judgment. No, you made it into heaven. Then your works are tested. Every one of us who are saved, your, your, your works are going to be examined. And there's going to be moments where did you receive reward on the earth or did you receive reward in heaven? This is, I've never heard anybody teach on this, but this is how I think this is going to work. There are things that the Lord intends to reward you for. I saw how you fasted. I saw how you gave. I saw how you served. I saw what you did in this moment. But we made it a public spectacle. We bragged about this thing. We, we made a blog about it, right? We built our, our, our ministry around all of the good things that we're doing. We're going to get to heaven. And when those good works that the Lord intends to reward us for are tested. They're going to be consumed because we received the reward on earth. We received praise on the earth. Now, listen, I'm not saying that, you know, well, pastor, you told us what you're going to be fasting. So does that mean you, you, no, 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 no. You got to understand the heart of what Jesus is talking about here. There's an example that we all present. I'm not saying that you need to lie about, oh, no, I'm not fasting. That's not what Jesus is trying to say. What he's trying to say, are you trying to make people feel sorry for you? Are you trying to make, are you trying to receive glory for this thing right now? Or are you doing this saying, Lord, this is about me and you right now. This isn't even about my wife and my kids. Lord, this is about me and you right now. I want to draw close to you. I want anything that separates me from you to be out of the way. I, I, I want to know that you are God over all, that there's nothing else that even competes with you. God, I, I want to be near to you. I want to see breakthrough. I want to see answers. And nobody knows about how earnest my heart is except for me and the Lord. And there will be a day where you and I will be rewarded if our heart is is correct in this. But I want to talk about the rewards. What are the rewards that you and I can receive? What are the rewards? I've got a few for you. And I want you to write these down. We did last week all our points, right? And this week, I've got more our points for you. So this is what I want you to write down. I think I've got four for you. Uh, number one is revelation. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Revelation. And this is, I'm going to tell you what, what this is talking about. Correct vision of God. Revelation. What I'm talking about is correct vision of God. You understand Moses in Exodus 34. Moses enters into this time of fasting. And as he's on the mountain, Moses receives the Ten Commandments. He receiving, he's receiving a new covenant that, that he and the children of Israel are to live by. And what's interesting, I want you to understand, God, God didn't change, you understand, between Abraham and Moses. Like, his ideas of what's right and wrong did not change, and they've not changed today. 
But what happens when you have these moments where, where you have like an agreement, a covenant that was made with Adam. And then a number of years later, you have Abraham who comes along and there's a new covenant that's established with him. Well, what's that all about? He was revealing a deeper revelation of who he is, what makes him tick, what are his passions, what does he like and dislike, because the Lord has preferences, you understand. The same thing happened with Moses. Now the Lord is revealing more of his nature, more of his characteristics. Jesus, the same thing happens. He's, re he's releasing to uh, us as New Testament believers, guys, this is my heart. This is, my, this is the commands that I'm giving to you. He fulfilled the law, and he says, now, listen, he didn't, he didn't eradicate those things. In fact, Jesus built on those things. And today we have a, a deeper revelation of who God is because of the covenant that has been formed. And I'm telling you, part of the reason that we fast is for revelation. We need to have a correct view of who God is. Let me give you a great example. There was a young man in the Bible who loved the Lord. He loved the law. In fact, the Bible says that he was a Pharisee. He was a Jew, and he loved the law. He was passionate about the Word of God, and he wanted to be an advocate for these things. But did you know that during a three-day fast, this young man realized that he did not have a right relationship with Jesus? What ends up happening is this, this young man, you know who he is. His name is Saul. We later call him Paul persecuting Christians, believing that he's doing the right thing for the Lord. And he is one day traveling, and there's a bright light that comes from heaven. He gets knocked to the ground, and he hears this declaration, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He doesn't even know who it is. But he reveals himself, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Saul ends up being struck blind. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 9, I think I wrote down the verse, Acts chapter 9 and verse 9, that for three days he did not eat and he did not drink. He was led around and eventually ended up in Ananias' house where at the conclusion of his three-day total fast. Now listen to me, let me just interject this here. Some of you say, wow, I'd like to see Jesus. I'm going to fast food and water. Um, no, you're not. If, you're gonna, if you want to fast water, listen, the, the fact that he made it three days with no water was pretty outstanding if you think about it. Don't fast water, please. <laughs> That's just my personal request. Now, if you really like, no, pastor, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Okay, then make sure you got accountability, right? I don't want, nobody's going to die during our fast, please, okay? And so, but Paul, this is what he did. Three days, no food, no water. And what happened is you re read the account of Paul. He receives Jesus as the Savior he needs. He received his calling. He got clarity on, on what the Lord's purpose for his life was. And this is awesome. He received his vision back. Scales fell from his eyes. And so I'm telling you, one of the rewards of fasting is revelation. 
The Lord will speak to us. We'll get clarity on our calling. We're going to see God as he is. And you may see new aspects or new sides of the Lord you've never seen before. It's awesome. Number two, rewards of fasting. What was the first one? Revelation. Everybody say revelation. Revelation. Number two is revival. I want you to write this down, revival, and I, and I put in parentheses, heaven on earth. Heaven on earth. You understand, everything that's going on in the world today is not as the Lord intends it to be. You do know that, right? The tension we feel in the world, sickness that we see in the world, Racial tension that we see in the world. Political upheaval. None of those things are God's perfect will being played out. Now, I'm not saying that's contrary to God's will. The Lord has a purpose in all things that are being said. And read the book of Revelation sometime. There will be a cleansing and there will be a washing. But how many understands that when the kingdom of God comes onto the earth, that those divisions that we see will no longer exist. You understand that. We're not going to have racial tension or political upheaval. We're not going to have coronavirus when we get to heaven. And I'm just telling you, there are promises that you and I, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, as kingdom ambassadors, there are things that we should not receive today. This is why I pray for healing. Do people get sick and die? Yes, they do. But in the kingdom of God, I believe that the sick will recover. I believe that you will live the full life that the Lord intends you to. I don't believe that your life is going to be robbed. I don't believe that we're going to limp through this life. I believe that your relationships can be healthy. Because there are kingdom benefits to being a believer. And you don't have to wait to get to heaven to receive kingdom benefits. We must contend to see a move of God on the earth. That's part of the reason that we are fasting because I believe one of the greatest hindrances to revival is our own flesh. One of the greatest hindrances to seeing God's will accomplished on the earth is our own will getting in the way. This is why we fast. This is why we fast. Is my flesh, is my unbelief, is my will hindering what the Lord desires to do? This is part of the reason that we fast. Now, we talked about Paul. Paul had some faith issues that he needed to sort out. But let me give you another one in Daniel chapter 10. Very interesting perspective on fasting. Daniel had a dream. And in that dream, the Lord detailed what his will was for the future. And it was powerful, it was frightening, both at the same time. And Daniel didn't entirely understand, God, what do you mean by all of this that you just showed me? In fact, the Bible even says that he was so distraught over the vision he received that he was sick for a number of days. But Daniel in Daniel chapter 10 begins to fast. 
And for three weeks, he begins to fast. He's, you know, in the Bible details exactly what he gave up. He, he fasted food, and he did that for that season. And at the end of three weeks, 21 days, which is kind of where we get that measurement today and what we, what we practice, at the end of that time, an angel appears to him. He says, Daniel, the first day you started praying, I was sent with an answer to your prayer. But as I was coming, I encountered warfare. And the archangel Michael and the prince of Persia, which was a demonic power principality over that area, these guys have been fighting for the last 21 days. There has been warfare between angels and demons for the last three weeks. But just now, I was able to break through. Here's the answer to your prayer. And you can read how he responded. This is what stuns me. The angel came with an answer as soon as Daniel began to pray. But it took three weeks of him fasting and praying and contending before he received what he was seeking. And I wonder sometimes, oh, hear me on this, friend. I wonder sometimes if we don't begin seeking the Lord. God, I need an answer for my, my job. Lord, I need you to help me with my marriage. Lord, I need a solution for my finances. God, I'm struggling in my flesh here. I wonder sometimes if we don't begin to seek the Lord for whatever the issue may be, and immediately the Lord begins to move. But because we are not persistent, because we are not contending, because maybe we pray one time on a Sunday morning and then we don't bring it up another time, that warfare that goes on in heaven is lost. Daniel received an answer to his prayer. And I'm telling you guys, there's end time stuff in that. It was freedom for his nation. There was so much in the word that the angel ends up bringing to Daniel. And he would have missed it if he had not been faithful to contend for what I would call revival. This is part of what our fasting and prayer is. Listen, you're not going to bother God with your prayer requests. This is a time for us to really dig in and be faithful and consistent and to war in order to see what it is that we're believing breakthrough for. I'm praying, I'm praying for family that's away from the Lord right now. I'm telling you, the devil has got some of the people that I love the most in this world in his grips. And you better believe it's not going to be one moment, 30 seconds of powerful prayer, and the devil's just like, okay, yeah, sure, you can have him back. You guys hearing me today? There's going to be a constant fighting and pushing. I'm telling you, that's one of the things that I'm fasting for. I'm encouraging you, write down lists. I've got, I've got my Holy Ghost hit list on, in my prayer journal. God, you're going to get them. You're going to get them. You're going to get them. Satan, you got to take your hands off of them in the name of Jesus. It's not going to be a one-time thing. Every day over these 21 days, fasting, an earnest prayer, I'm going to contend for that. I'm going to pray for you guys. I'm going to pray for our church. I'm going to pray for my family. Not just one and done. No. Faithfully, consistently, persistently, passionately praying to see breakthrough. That's the only way we're going to see revival. It's the only way we're going to see a breakthrough in our nation, for our church, in our lives. Are you with me, church? 
Number three, this is, so, this is so awesome. So we got revival. We have revelation. Number three is resources. Oh, my goodness. This is God's provision. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down. Resources. These are rewards of fasting. I'm going to show you exactly where I'm getting all of these. Now, this is cool. The way the Lord brought this together was just so awesome. As you look at all of these different encounters that people had while they were fasting, you see God moving in their lives in specific ways. I believe if God did that for them, he can do it for us. Now, another example of fasting is a man of God by the name of Elijah. And he has just had this incredible showdown with the prophets of Baal, had victory, he goes, he goes uh, to confront Jezebel. Jezebel threatens him, and Elijah runs. He's depressed. He's suicidal. He's ready to give up, and I, and I mean that when I say that. He really prays, God, would you take my life? He prays that in, in 1 Kings chapter 19. Don't ever feel... You know, like, don't, don't kill yourself. That's a terrible uh, choice of words. Uh, don't, don't beat yourself up if you ever feel suicidal. Don't, don't get down on yourself because I, I'm depressed and how could I feel like that when I am a believer in the Lord? Elijah felt that. Elijah felt depressed. Elijah wanted his life to end. But what he did, and I think this is a great idea. You want to know what Elijah did? He laid down and he took a nap. That's always a great first step, okay? I'm just, you feel like giving up? Go take a nap. Before you take your life, take a nap. <laughs> I'm telling you, a couple hours of rest can do a whole lot for somebody. And what happens is he takes a nap. You can read this in 1 Kings 19. And he wakes up, and there's an angel there. And this angel makes him cake. That's nice. This is where we get angel food cake from, actually. You guys remember when Jesus, when the devil tried to get Jesus, take this bread and, you know, and, and, or take these rocks and turn it into bread, eat some bread. That's where we get devil's food cake. All right. <laughs> that's not true. That's not a Bible. That's a joke, okay? Um, some of you are like, wow, you wrote that down? No, uh, that's a joke. All right. Um, but Elijah, he really does. He takes a nap, and the angel gives him some cake. He takes another nap, and he was again fed by angels. And the Bible says in 1 Kings 19, verse 7, he would need that food for strength for his journey as he goes to Mount Horeb, which is um, the same mountain that Moses received the Ten Commandments on. This is my point. The Lord provided what Elijah needed in order to fulfill what the Lord had asked him to do. I believe part of what happens when we fast and we pray is the Lord can release resources into our life that we need to fulfill what he's asked us to do. Sometimes there are things that can hinder. It's like this warfare piece. But there's things that happen when we show God we are serious and we fast. And God, I'm, gonna, I'm not eating anything until you eradicate this debt. I've seen that happen for people. I am going to fast my way to financial freedom. I am going to fast my way to financial breakthrough. 
That can happen for people. It's absolutely incredible that the Lord, Jesus said in Matthew 3.36, don't, I'm sorry, 6.34. Where did I get that? 6.34. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worries. Don't stress what you will eat, drink, or wear. Life is more than food and clothes. This is part of what God will provide for us if we allow him. My wife did a fast one time. I don't know if she's doing this again. I would love it if she did. She decided for a season that she was going to fast spending. For that amount of time, I mean, like, not family essentials, right? She's still getting what we need for the house and for the family. But there were no trips to Ross or to the mall. There was no shopping, okay? I, I'm serious. And uh, nothing that was beyond the necessities of life. I, uh, my wife and I, we, we go by the Dave Ramsey deal, and I give her spending money every single week. And guess what? That spending money wasn't spent during that period of time. But I'm telling you, God did some awesome things in her. And you, you, some of you are like, well, I don't see a spending fast in the Bible. It's all about... It's all about sacrifice. It's all about discipline. No, you, you don't see, but, but you understand. Even in the Bible, they talk about, guys, well, for the Lord, I'm not going to eat honey. I'm not going to drink wine. In fact, here's one that I don't like. I've never practiced this, but even in 1 Corinthians, it talks about who, couples who may choose to abstain from intimacy. I'm speaking PG for the kids. You understand what I'm saying? They choose to abstain for a time of seeking the Lord. Now, I've never practiced that. Maybe you want to. I don't know. The Lord would probably reward you uh, for that. But that's tough. In fact, if you, but, but here's the key on that. Now, you can't just go home and say, well, I'm going to do what Pastor talked about, and we're not, you know, for 21 days. Uh, if you just, you have to come to an agreement on this. We agree that for this period of time. Now, if you don't have agreement in that, well, praise God. Never mind. Okay, I better move on. We will do some marriage stuff somewhere down the road. It'll be good. Uh, number four. Oh, this is a good one. We all need this. Number four is repentance. Repentance. You know, write this. Here's my definition. Forgiveness of sin. Forgiveness of sin. So we've talked about revelation. You're going to see God clearly. Revival. We'll see heaven released on earth resources, we're going to see God's provision released, and we're going to see repentance, forgiveness of sin. Now, I'm going in a specific order in this, and you're going to see why I, I, I put it in this order. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I've given you biblical examples of all of these fasts, but in Ezra chapter 10 and verse 6, there's another one. Israel is in Babylonian captivity, and even while they're in captivity, they're still disobeying God. But Ezra, prophet, priest, is in mourning over the sin of Israel. And this guy, I mean, he was key in the rebuilding of the wall. Ezra and Nehemiah, some of my favorite books in all of the Bible. Absolutely incredible. Ezra digs into the Word of God, and the Bible records that for at least three days, now it doesn't even say when he started or when he ended, but we know for three days at least that he fasted as he was calling the children of Israel 
into this place of repentance. And some of the stuff that he challenged them with was heavy. It says that he didn't eat, he only drank water during that fast. But what ends up happening is a tremendous revival. The walls are rebuilt. The word is restored. Uh, I mean, it's an awesome, awesome story. And I, I just tell you, there, there, there should be this thing on the inside of us that as we begin to fast, that there should be this, this moments of kind of grieving, I, I, I think. That's what Ezra did. She fasted. God brought out this incredible mourning over the sin of the nation. And there's going to be moments during our fasting when you realize, God, that's an ugly part of my life right there. In fasting, it will give you this place of sensitivity. I mean, I, I'll tell you, I've had moments where it's like, man, I, I'll just never forget. I, I was in this season of fasting and prayer. And I, I had determined, I was, in, I was a pastor at this time. I was maybe, my, maybe even my first year in ministry. It was very early on. And I remember having this realization. I have a responsibility to live right. I have an obligation to live holy. Not just to save my own skin. I mean, we all should, should appreciate that. I don't want to go to hell, so I'm going to live right. Are you with me, church? I hope you're with me on that. But I, I have this awareness, you know what? I'm a husband, and I'm a father. And if I open doors through the trash that I allow in my life, that's going to affect my wife. It's going to affect my kids. I have a responsibility as a priest of the home to set an atmosphere of righteousness but it doesn't stop there I had this awareness that as a pastor I stand and represent my congregation I have a responsibility to create an atmosphere of purity I have, an, I have a responsibility that, that man if I let trash into my life then guess what spiritually that'll affect you guys and so I live with this awareness, man, I, I, I'm not going there. I'm not doing that because I do not want my people to be affected. But I'll never forget the night I was praying. I was going after God. And I heard as clearly as I've ever heard the Lord speak, just kind of prod my heart. What about me? I felt the Lord ask me, what about me? You're concerned and we should be, about how sin will affect me for eternity. I'm concerned about how sin will affect my family. I'm concerned about how sin will affect my church. But did I really stop to consider how my sin affects the heart of God? And I felt this, this moment where it's like, Jesus, I want to live right. Not just to save my skin or my family or my church, even those, those are all good reasons. But at the top of that list should be this awareness that, God, you bled and you died so I could be forgiven. You, you suffered so that I could be set free from my sin. And every time I willfully engage in something, it breaks your heart. 
It grieves you, Lord. It's not just about, well, what's the punishment going to be? But I, but I hurt the heart of the one who I'm supposed to love more than anybody. And I tell you, for every single one of us, what is it that, that Ezra could look upon the sin of a nation and, and be in mourning over this thing and fast and pray until he sees his people get right with God? tell you every one of us ought to have those kinds of moments in our life that it's not it's not just about saving my own skin or 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 about the ministry or my family but God you deserve a people who love you you deserve a people without hypocrisy you deserve a people that don't have wrinkle or blemish in their life God's gonna speak to us and I know I mean I'm guys I, I love the fact you know We've got, I think right now, between us and the Marshallese congregation, we have four couples in the last month who've decided, you know what, we've been living unmarried for quite some time. We're going to get married. We're going to get married. And I'm rejoicing in that. I mean, I just, you know, why? Because they realize not everything in my life is in order. So let's get it right. And I'm praising God. There's going to be moments like that for all of us. God doesn't show us that stuff to make you feel like a horrible person. doesn't do that to beat you down. That's not what I'm trying to do. But it's so that we can get it right. Which, by the way, let me just throw this out there. <laughs> I had somebody, so I'm, I made a, a, an example this last week about how I got saved, but I was still smoking weed, and, and how the Lord had to deal with me about that. Somebody missed that part of the message where I, listen, I did repent. I've not smoked weed for like 17 years now, okay? I just want to make that clear. My wife, she told me after service, people were asking, uh, so your pastor thinks it's okay to smoke weed? Why does he do that? And I'm like, no, 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 no. 17 years I've been clean, all right? So uh, uh, just so you know, but that was something. I tell you, guys, I was going hard after God. I was in prayer meetings, and I still had junk in my life. I, I still had things that the Lord, the Lord had to speak to me. I had, I had pastors tell me. I had cops tell me. I had all kinds of people tell me, hey, you shouldn't do that. I needed the Lord to speak to me, and he did. I was pursuing, and this is what I encourage all of you. Go hard after God. That's what this time of fasting and prayer, you go hard after God, and there will be moments where God says, hey, Get married. Hey, stop smoking. Hey, your internet activity, clean that up. He's going to speak to you about certain things. And all we do, we're going to say, oh, I've failed. I can't go to church anymore. No. Just get it right. We just get it right. Bring it to the Lord. Repent of your sin. I'm sorry, Jesus. I hurt your heart. Help me. Help me. Can I get my piano to come? Minister Rylin, hallelujah. Oh, I did have one more for you. I'm right at my time. This is, this is a simple one. I've already talked about it a little bit. Number five, rescue. Rescue. This is victory in warfare. I'm not going to expound on this a lot. There's so many battles that surround fasting. We already talked about Daniel, but you know, Jesus, Jesus had one of the greatest victories. I just want to remind you, 
Matthew 4, Luke 4 both talk about this season of temptation and fasting and prayer that Jesus was in. What's interesting is the Luke text actually says that Jesus was tempted for 40 days. And then the book of Hebrews actually builds on that and says he was tempted in every way, yet without sin. You've ever had some sinful desire and I know something just hits you and you're like, boy, I'm, I'm unclean. I can't go to the Lord now. Jesus was tempted in every way. And I know it's crazy to think that way, but you get tempted in your life. You can stand with assurance that Jesus was tempted to do the same thing, but he did not sin. This is where we need to be mindful, by the way. Temptation is not sin. You understand that. You're driving down the road and somebody cuts you off. And you have all kinds of words and physical gestures that pop into your brain. That's temptation. That's not sin. Now, the moment you roll down your window and you say those words and you take those physical actions, that's sin. You understand the difference. Okay? Some, some lustful thought pops in your brain. That's not sin. You dwell on that thing, you act on that thing, sin. You know, you just, you fill in the blank. Jesus was tempted. And I know it's crazy to think that. Jesus was tempted in every way. I want to get drunk. Whatever. He was tempted in every way. The difference is he had beat those things into submission. He did not allow his flesh or his, his soul to rule him. He took every thought captive. He didn't allow these things. Yes, a thought would come. The devil would tempt him. Hey, if you just kneel, I'll give you everything. That's what Jesus came for. But it wasn't that way. I'm not doing that. He would take the Bible as his weapon. Take every thought captive. Rebuke the devil. He saw victory in warfare. That's rescue. That's rescue. Now let me give you an easy way to remember all of these things, okay? I'm going to give you an easy way to remember all of these things. If I can find it. We talked about revelation, a correct vision of God. In Matthew chapter 6. In fact, would you open there again? I promise I'm closing. But I'm going to help you. This is going to help us in our fasting. There's a reason that the Lord's Prayer, which we recited together, is sandwiched here, right in the middle of this conversation. If you learn how to give, if you learn how to serve, if you learn how to fast, you learn how to pray, every one of those, he says, your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And he told us what we're supposed to pray for. He told us what we're supposed to pray for. Our Father in heaven, hallowed, holy, exalted is your name. You know what that is? That's a correct view of God. That's revelation. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know what that is? That's revival. That's heaven on earth. Then we say, give us this day our 
daily bread. You know what that is? Resources. That's God's provision for our lives. And then he says, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. You know what that is? Repentance. That's forgiveness of our sin. And deliver us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. You know what that is? That's our rescue. That's victory in warfare. I could have added another point in there for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You you know what that tells us? It's all him. It's all his ability. It's all his power. It's all his glory. It's not ours. That's part of why we fast. We're going to fast. We're going to get weak in our bodies. We're going to sacrifice things. And that whole thing is going to be a way of our flesh dying and getting out of the way in a way of saying, God, you are the answer. You are the strength. You are salvation. You are righteousness. You are victory. You are provision. You are of the things we talked about today. Well, I've gone past my time. Would you stand to your feet? I want to I pray for us. I want to speak a blessing over us in just a moment, but before we do, how many of you, you may not know exactly what you're doing yet, but how many of you are, are say, Pastor, I'm going to fast something. Even if you can't fast food, you know, you just, I'm going to sacrifice something over this. How, how many of you, by show of hands, are you going to fast something? Okay? Okay? Most everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is what I want to do. You're, you're there next to family and friends. Um, if you're not, I'm going to have you lift your hands to heaven. Uh, we're not going crazy laying hands on everybody right now. But uh, I want to pray. I want to pray for strength for you. God will help us. We're going to agree to a fast, and God's going to help us to fulfill what we commit to Him. He's going to speak to us. He's going to do things that I talked about today. But I want to pray for one another right now. And if you're there next to your family, if you're there next to your friends, uh, you may join hands. You may take a moment and pray personally for them. And if you're watching online, I know we have home groups and home meetings that you join together. Pray for your family right there, even as we pray right now. You just pray for God's strength, for His Holy Spirit to come in a great way in their life. Come on. Lord, I I, I just thank you. I thank you, Jesus, for these moments that, that you call us to fast and to pray and to seek you, to ask, to seek, to knock, to sacrifice, to lay down. God, and I'm asking that that even today as we begin this fasting, as we begin this season of prayer, Lord, would you strengthen us? Would you give us endurance, mighty God, to to fulfill what we commit to? God, I'm asking that all across this room, we we make commitments to you. We're gonna we're gonna fast this. We're gonna go this amount of time. We're gonna lay this down. And God, I'm asking that you would help us. Even as the psalmist said, I I make vows and I will keep my vows. We're gonna we make commitments to you today. And God, we will we will keep those commitments. We will fulfill what we're committing to you. 
And so I ask you, even now, just fill us afresh by your Holy Spirit. Fill us afresh by your power and your fire, mighty God. Lord, we'll be drained of natural resources in our physical body, but God, we're asking that you would fill us with the supernatural virtue from heaven, that you would fill us with your spirit and your power, even in this time, mighty God. Let us be sustained by your presence and by your power and not by physical means during this season, mighty God. Bless your people. Bless your sons and daughters. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.